This happens every Easter for me, but it's been an especially it's been especially true this year that since last year's Easter celebration, when the church proclaims a new creation begun in the resurrection of Jesus, since then a lot of difficult, terrible stuff has happened. And sometimes we might think that Easter means, okay, new level of like protection from bad stuff happening. Or maybe it's a sign that, you know, God is soon going to fully reign. It reminds us of that hope. Any hopes of that nature, though, are dashed <laughs> every year, and sometimes it doesn't take too long. In 2020, 500,000 people died from a pandemic, which also deepened, of course, the political divide in our country, in our state, in our nation. And, and then we've got this trial that's continuing for former officer Chauvin in Minneapolis. And so we've been reminded these last couple weeks of all the troubles stirred up by police brutality and white privilege and white supremacists. And then there's personal troubles that each of us have experienced over the last year too. How changed are each of us? having spent a year more secluded from neighbors and community and church and family and friends than maybe ever before in our lives? How much depression and anxiety have we gone through? Since Easter 2020, I mean, just think since then, fires went wild in California. There were so many hurricanes, they didn't even have enough names for them. They had to go into the Greek alphabet. Texas froze so hard that some still don't have water in their homes. It moves many to wonder, why doesn't God do something? That question's a lot like the one the Jews were asking by the time Jesus came around. Their question was, when will God do what we've been waiting to have happen for generations? We know that God will do something, and we're pretty sure of what that something's going to be. A descendant of David will be anointed by God, and that man will become the king, just like David was. And this new king will defeat the Romans and who occupy our land, and he'll reunite the tribes and bring health and wealth and happiness all back to Israel. We know that God will do something and probably what that something is. We just don't know when exactly. Well, when John the Baptist starts saying that he's preparing the way of the Lord, many believe him, and they look for this anointed son of David who would be a revolutionary leader, casting out the Romans and bringing power back to Israel. When will God do this something? It looked like then, right then. And so in comes Jesus, healing with great compassion, teaching with great wisdom, challenging the authorities, but not the authorities they expected. When the return of the king happened, he would challenge Roman authority, or that's, that was the thought. But Jesus is always poking holes in the way the Jewish leaders are doing things. And he's Jewish, of course. This didn't make sense. But things started to feel right again once Jesus entered Jerusalem. The people welcomed him with a big parade. We call it Palm Sunday. They were waving palms and reeds at him as he rode in, throwing their cloaks upon the path before him. Hopes were high that God was about to do the something they'd been expecting for hundreds of years. But then the story spirals out of control. Jesus is betrayed by one of his own followers. He's handed over to the Roman governor and eventually is sentenced to die on a cross. This does not add up. All these hopes and expectations of overcoming 
are lost. And so that's how we come to our gospel lesson for today. A couple days ago, Jesus has died. Some ladies that knew him go out to the tomb to tend to the body, and he's not there. Two men in dazzling clothes, usually thought to be angels, ask them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's risen. Remember how he told you that on the third day he'd rise again? And they did remember. So they return to the 11 disciples and tell them their world-changing story. The Gospel of Luke tells what happens by saying this, but these words seemed to the disciples an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Have you ever had a young person tell you some outlandish, crazy story? And you're like, oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Good. You can imagine the patronizing looks on the sexist faces of these disciples as these women say, oh, here's what happened. He is risen. That's nice. Jesus' followers are at rock bottom. They really thought this was the time when God would do that something they'd been expecting for so long. But with Jesus' death, they had just been proven wrong. And now these ladies tell them this silly story. It, it also doesn't fit into the box they'd created for Jesus, and so they, they don't believe them. He is risen is not the something that God would do so that Israel could overcome Rome. So thanks for coming by, ladies. We'll see you later. But Peter, and wouldn't it be interesting to know more? I'd love if Luke had written more about why or what makes Peter get up and run. Peter gets up and he runs to the tomb. Obviously curiosity, but what sparks that curiosity in Peter while the rest of the disciples just sit there? He runs to the tomb. He looks in. He sees the linens by themselves and he goes home amazed. I would add here that Peter at this point is probably trying to make sense of what happened. He doesn't tell anybody. It's not like he ran through the streets at this point proclaiming, hey, we were thinking too small. The something God wanted to do wasn't just to defeat Rome and bring Israel to power. God sent his only son to defeat death for all creation, for all time. Ah, Peter's not there yet. He's trying to process what he just called a silly story a moment ago. Eventually, though, of course, of course Peter gets it. We hear how well he explains the resurrection in Luke's sequel to his gospel in the Acts of the Apostles. In Acts, Peter actually preaches a sermon about the resurrection. He says, The risen Jesus commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. They knew God would do something. They thought this something would be just for them, but it turned out that God's resurrection changed everything for everybody. Now, you've heard the Easter story before. You probably heard it last year. Maybe you heard it this past Sunday. And so, having heard it before, having been adopted by God through baptism as a member of a family that only exists because of the faith it shares, we no longer have to ask, why doesn't God do something? Every time we see or experience brokenness, when a loved one becomes ill, a friend has an accident, when I fail myself or someone I love, or as you watch acts of violence on TV or as you wonder what the world is coming to for whatever reason, none of us ever have to ask, why doesn't God do something? 
Because that would mean Easter didn't matter, that it changed nothing really, or at least it didn't change enough for our liking. When we ask, why doesn't God do something, we're treating Easter like a silly story that doesn't really mean much. In truth, Easter really does change everything for everyone. Instead of dying toward death, we live life knowing that death is not the last word. No longer do we have to try to live perfectly in hopes of maybe earning God's favor. Through Christ and God's resurrection, we're told we're forgiven. We have God's favor already. Easter changes not only our death, but it changes the way we live. We can look at disasters with love, choosing to give what we have for the sake of others, strangers even. We can see pain or feel fear living in faith that believes God holds our fragile lives in God's hands and cares so deeply for us that God gave us His only Son. We can be with friends who are dying and respond with hope believing that death is not the end for them, that God has more in store. The world would have us feel guilt only for our sins, powerless within nature, fearful for a future we aren't in control of, and empty, knowing that death awaits all of us. The world wonders, why doesn't God do something? During Easter, the church responds by saying, God did God gave His only Son for all of us, and it is more than enough to transform our lives from empty voids without a destination to a heart full of love that brings healing and wholeness and more. Thanks be to God. Amen.